We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Your daily source for in-depth business and investing news. We are Business 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Senator Tom Cott says Americans sent a clear message this week. They're not ready for a radical leftist agenda. He says, in fact, that that's what cost the Democrats big on election night. The radical woke agenda of the Democratic Party was thoroughly repudiated. Now, I'll leave them to go through the thrashing and the soul searching on their side. But I assure you, none of that nonsense will even come up for a vote in the United States Senate for the next two years. Meanwhile, former Vice President Biden says the American people have voted for change. As he waits for an official declaration of victory in the election, Biden says the people of the United States have spoken clearly. He says a record number of Americans chose change over more of the same. They've given us a mandate for action. That mandate, he says, includes COVID, the economy, climate change, and systemic racism. And that is White House correspondent Greg Cluxton. This is SR. Bring home big bucks this season with Chet Shoes. Check out the Mountain Ridge Thoroughgood hunting boot. With more than 2,000 grams of insulation and a waterproof membrane, it'll help keep you warm and dry in the deer stand. Check out our other quality Danner and lacrosse hunting styles as well. We have both insulated and non-insulated hunting boots. In-store and online now. As a small business, we're grateful for your patronage during these times. Stop in to see us in Spring Lake Park and visit ChetShoes.com. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time. Time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-218-9520. 800-218-9520. 800-218-9520. That's 800-218-9520. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. 
Wall Street Business Network is on the air. Uh, I'm excited. This economy is on fire. It's the King Banyan Show. Let me emphasize that correlation is not causation. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs. Please bring on the recession. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440, hour two on what's a beautiful November day. We seem to be moving inexorably toward a resolution of this, uh, this election. Um, maybe I'll have a few comments for you at the end of the show today. Maybe not. Um, cause there's just other things I need to do. Got a few things to talk about. So if I look at the data overall, I'm going to, I'm going to move back. And you know what? Let me, let me just two very quick points about the jobs report specifically that I'm going to turn away from the jobs report. Point one, approximately 20, 21% of workers in the last in the in the four weeks up to the reference week in October that's second week so between third week of September and second week of October 21.2% of people surveyed teleworked because of the coronavirus pandemic that number's down only from 22.7% in September so the choices people are making in terms of whether to open their businesses or to have people work in the office or work from home, that really hasn't been moving very much. I mean, that's down. Um, I mean, that's that that number will come out, that one and a half will come out to more than two million persons who went back to work at an office or teleworked in September but not in October. Um, and I thought that was interesting. I've been wondering how how sticky that number is going to be. And then 3.6 million persons not in the labor force in October were prevented from looking for work due to the pandemic. Down from 4.5 million in September. In other words, in other words, the number of people who are marginally attached to the labor force because they said, you know what? The pandemic makes it. I can't really go look for work right now. Um, that number fell by almost a million persons in October. So the labor force actually did increase. It did, it did go up by the, um, okay, it actually went up. Um, number of persons who, who are in the labor force, who are not in the labor force, who currently want a job is up 1.7 million since February. So this is the group that I would add to those people who are not, who, who, who are currently unemployed. Almost the entirety, I should, I should remember to mention this, almost the entirety of the decline in, uh, in the number of persons unemployed, or that number is e- approximately equal to the number of people who, uh, the decrease in the number of people who are on temporary layoff. The, sh- the number of people who are who have suffered permanent job loss was virtually unchanged in this report. We've been waiting to see that number rise. And so the last bit of good news in this report is 
the number of people who left the job market, or who lost their jobs, and who are permanently unemployed as a result, did not change. There are still over 3 million workers out there who are, who are on temporary layoff. And we are concerned, of course, that some of those temporary layoffs will become permanent layoffs. If, if this pandemic moves, moves in, you know, with these increasing cases and hospitalizations, if businesses are making choices to close, or I've seen, uh, I've seen a few restaurants in the Twin Cities area announce that they're going to hibernate for the winter, those that are going through that, if this is if this is a generalized a general phenomenon, we should see an increase in temporary layoffs in the next jobs report in December. So let's just put a mark there and say, is that in fact going to happen? So let me now turn to um, let me now turn to the uh, to to some of the uh, things being said about this because of course. There are a lot of people saying we should probably have an increase in number. We should probably have another stimulus bill. This election now has given us a result. Um, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to do some a whole lot of uh, political commentary or political uh, uh, forecasting. The Senate is most likely to remain uh, with a Republican majority. Most likely, not entirely. Uh, Majority Leader McConnell has said, well, given the jobs report, I'm not positive we should be having another conversation about about a stimulus bill. The economy seems to be recovering okay on its own. Speaker Pelosi, who now will have what appears to be a smaller majority in the House, it's not entirely decided yet. I mean, there's a scenario out there probably, probably with about two to three percent probability but there's some probability out there that of the remaining the remaining elections that haven't been called that enough of them could move to the republicans that they could they could eke out a majority but whatever whoever's in charge it's going to be a pretty thin majority that she'll have in the future so you can understand why speaker pelosi would much rather have a deal done now who knows where the president's head is at um, I know they they're they're talking about wanting one, but it's not clear that they're they're going to um, they're go- they're going to come forward with one. Um, uh, Steve Forbes, uh, uh, Forbes magazine, uh, wealthy guy, one time presidential candidate, what seems like eons ago, maybe before Wyatt was even born, um, was on. Uh, was on Fox Business, I believe, with uh, I believe with Neil Cavuto uh, talking, and uh, there was a conversation about the stimulus bill. I think this is the second uh, the second cut from Forbes. Uh, Wyatt, play that, please. I think uh, there will be eventually a stimulus bill, and I think uh, we we need one more round. And I wish they wouldn't call it stimulus. It's more uh, aid to people who are hit hard by this uh, COVID-19 crisis. Real stimulus means cutting tax rates and things like that. But there will be another round of individual checks, more help for small businesses. That's good. It's needed. And whether or not that happens, of course, requires the White House, which may now be a lame duck White House, 
um, to to come through and think about uh, think about whether or not that was going to to whether or not that would happen. And so Mick Mulvaney, who used to be was it was a congressperson, uh, also was a, I believe chief of staff for uh, for uh, President Trump at one time. Uh, was also on Fox Business on another on another show on Fox Business and had this to say. Sure, it's possible. I guess one question is: Is it necessary? Again, with that with those these solid unemployment numbers and their great uh, GDP number, the question is: Okay, how much more stimulus does it need? Or is it just we just need time to allow the stimulus that's already there to work? But if they decide that they want to do something more, certainly there's the opportunity to do so between now and uh, January 20th. That would require, of course, approval of the House and the Senate. I think you're right back to the discussion you were before the election, which is the Senate is not going to take. At 1.8 trillion or 2.2 trillion, they want targeted relief. Um, they talked about Mitch McConnell's talked about this for for months. Might it be a little bit bigger than it was before the election? Maybe because I think Mitch didn't want to have a division amongst his ranks going into the reelect. That pressure sort of comes off. Query whether or not the two Georgia races impact a, a discussion about the stimulus, um, the stimulus bill. So yeah, it's a, once again a multi-variable equation in Washington, but that's nothing new for us. I'm going to go out on a limb. They're not going to get a deal done. The two Georgia races probably do decide whether or not, whether or not um, there's a, whether or not there's a, will decide whether or not there's a Republican majority. I think the Republicans would only have to win one of the two because it appears I want to be careful because it hasn't been called, I think, officially yet. I believe there's a race in Alaska where apparently they're waiting for snow so that the sled dogs can bring the ballots down from up north. Uh, but um, they're, they're, um, there's going to be, uh, assuming that uh, Senator Sullivan, is that his name, Sullivan, won re-election um, in, uh, in Alaska, then the current count would be 50 uh, GOP senators, 48 uh, Democrat senators, and there would need to be a change of um, both those seats, along with uh, the apparent victory. I, I'm going to use those words, and I know some people are going to be unhappy with me about that, but that's okay. The apparent victory of uh, of the Biden-Harris ticket, that means that uh, v- Vice President-elect Harris would then be, would then, uh, when she becomes vice president, uh, be the the tie-breaking vote so that, in fact, the, um, the Democrats would control the Senate. It seems really unlikely. But I think there's enough uncertainty. It's a, it's a, it's a, been a, such an odd year that it's hard for me to imagine why the Democrats would think with a lame-duck Donald Trump and with more Republican senators in the current Congress than when than they'll have in the next one, why they would choose to negotiate with uh, the current White House rather than waiting for the one that they believe will be there on January 21. I, I just, I don't see it. And I'm, I'm speaking partly politically, but just trying to game out who says yes and what do they say yes to, whose position got changed this week. I, I think this is a lot of bluster. And I don't believe it's going to happen. Now, here's what's really interesting. The, the, probably the biggest proponent for an additional bill 
um, is not coming from Washington, is not coming from Congress, and it's not coming from the White House. It actually came in the form of remarks from the Federal Reserve Chair, Jay Powell, uh, on Thursday after an announcement of the uh, announcement of the Fed's uh, positions, uh, uh, their, their latest FOMC statement. They didn't move anything. Basically, nothing changed. If you didn't know, if you didn't pay attention to the FOMC this week because you were watching other things, it's okay. You really didn't miss anything. The little you missed, we'll tell you right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. We were going to write something flashy about streaming us at Radio.com. But considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to Business 1440 at Radio.com. Want to give a truly unique gift at half the regular price? It's a hot air balloon ride at treetop level across the St. Croix River Valley. The memory becomes sweeter knowing you paid half the regular price through this special radio offer. Float quietly along somewhere between the lush green earth below and wide open expanse of the blue sky above. To purchase a private ride for two from Stillwater Balloons at half off the regular price, go to this station's website, click on the More tab, and Half Price Offers, or call the station now. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Hi, PJ here from PJ's Appliance Outlet. Are you in need of a new washer and dryer, a new stove, dishwasher, or refrigerator? Do you prefer top brands like LG, Frigidaire, Whirlpool? Are you dragging your feet due to the cost and feeling like more often than not you'd be overpaying for these appliances? Well, here at PJ's, we've solved that problem for you. Our clients, many of whom are listeners to this station as well, have already saved hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars by shopping at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Our everyday standard pricing is 40 to 70% less than the average appliance store. We're not talking the inflated MSRP pricing. We're talking real, everyday pricing. So before you purchase an appliance, it's well worth a quick visit to our store to see what we have in stock and how much money we can save you. At PJ's, we probably offer basic and extended warranty options along with professional appliance delivery and removal services. Go to PJsApplianceOutlet.com. That's PJsApplianceOutlet.com, where every deal is a steal. There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see your daily lineup, win prizes at the VIP fan club, catch up on your favorite podcasts, and more. 
Welcome back, King Daniel Show, Business 1440. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, you know, that's kind of the problem. I don't know when I'm going to get back to New Orleans again. I, I love going there. It, 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 it really is my favorite city to visit in America. Uh, and uh, I say that with all due respect. I love New York. I love Chicago. Um, I, 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 of course, love Boston because I grew up near it. Uh, and I really love the Twin Cities, and I think the Twin Cities is a really underrated place for people to tour and, and, and to, to tour conferences in, uh, conventions in. I, I think it's terribly underrated as a place. It's a, it's a great place. But New Orleans is just, it, it is a thing to itself. It's, it, it has a unique quality. It, it's almost like, it's almost like a foreign country within your, within your own shores to some extent. And I, and I just so appreciate it. Um, the, um, six, five, one, two, eight, nine, four, four, seven, seven to call six, five, one, two, eight, nine, four, four, seven, seven. So Jack asked on, on Twitter, how will stimulus spending help with the jobs, with the jobs report? I, I think, in fact, can we go back and play that, that second cut? This was Steve of Steve Forbes again, uh, Wyatt. This is Steve Forbes yesterday with Neil Cavuto. And there's a comment he makes within this that I think is really, really important and why I probably would end up agreeing to pass something rather than nothing. Play that cut. I think uh, there will be eventually a stimulus bill. And I think uh, we, we need one more round. And I wish they wouldn't call it stimulus. It's more uh, uh, aid to people who are hit hard by this uh, COVID-19 crisis. Real stimulus Stop. means cutting tax rates and things like Right. So the last part of that is Steve Forbes selling his, his own uh, policy prescriptions for everything, which is tax cuts are everywhere and always a good thing. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm not going to have that. I'm not having that debate right now. The debate I want to have at this particular moment is simply the fact that what I would pass, what I would pass is, what I would pass is a bill um, that is simply directed to provide COVID relief. And, and I answered this question on a radio program on Wednesday, I think, up here in the St. Cloud area. Take the, our, the discussion we had in the last hour, that there's been a supply shock. And in that supply shock, there are certain investments that people have made to create businesses. This investments doesn't just mean buying plant and equipment and land and trucks and, and that sort of thing. You invest in creating an organization to provide a good or service to which you think there are customers. Let's suppose, and let's suppose you, you that business, and you can insert whatever business, whatever example you wish. In my mind, in my mind, it's a cruise ship that is that has a lot of people in uh, small quarters uh, who are then invited to come to uh, a large room with food, and they can eat to their heart's content. Right. And you designed your ship to to bring people into that environment. 
and now COVID happens and you wonder to yourself, what do I do next? Right? Do I, my, my, my wife and daughter and I were chatting the other day, right? Will there be more stimulus? Will there be stimulus for the airline industry? And I said, you know what? By and large, my guess is yes. When the pandemic ends, will we travel by airplane? Yes, I think so. Will the airplanes look mostly like the ones we have right now? Yes, I think so. I think that's logical. Therefore, would I want to provide aid so that the airlines that have learned how best to serve customers are still there when we've figured out that it's safe to go ahead and travel to other places again? I'm okay with that. Particularly given that I don't think there's any way any way this is moral hazard, like you might argue with the banks. Keeping banks alive uh, in 2008-2009 seemed like a good idea. I actually supported it. I thought I don't see what my I don't see what my options are, but I thought to myself, boy, this really stinks. It really stinks because it seems like a lot of those banks made very injudicious investments that put us in a perilous position. And now I'm going to end up asking a steel worker, a farmer, a a store clerk to help pay for those bad decisions. I think that kind of sucks. On the other hand, asking those folks to pay to keep an airline going so that air service for them to go see their parents' you know, when it's safe to travel again, I don't feel the same way about. You might. I mean, we could have, we could have, uh, we could have a, we we could have an argument about whether or not that happened, whether or not we should bail out the airlines. The question then is how quickly could new airlines be formed? I don't sense they form very quickly. And there's a good, not because you can't buy the planes, but it's it's the access to the airports and and so forth. There's a whole lot of complication in that. And what you know, in a perfect world where I could just restructure everything in a day, you know what? I think most of the airports I'd probably want to say make them private, make them private businesses. But since we're stuck with airplane airports that are owned by by authorities, I'm not asking anyone to go backward on that. You probably have to. Keep the airlines you've got being the airlines you're going to have going forward. Stimulus to support an airline, I don't have a problem with. But stimulus to say that I think is going to come forward where it's wrapped in with, let's take care of the pension systems in, you know, in state government. Let's, let's, let's uh, put some money in to build better roads. Let's, that's not what this is about. I don't know why, we're, I don't know why that's part of the conversation. That said, Jay Powell comes to the podium. So they have their their FOMC meeting. And Jay Powell comes to the podium. And one of the things he says, so he says this. I think I got to go back and and refresh myself to make sure I got this right. This should be, this should be cut. Let's play cut two from Jay Powell, please. I just would say that I think we'll have a stronger recovery 
if we can just get at least some more fiscal support when it's appropriate, you know, when it's appropriate and the size Congress thinks it's appropriate. Um, I do think that that will likely. Okay, that will likely work this will likely make the economy grow, grow faster in that very same answer. A few moments later, he put says this cut number three. Is monetary policy out of power or out of ammo? And the answer to that would be no, I don't think that. I think, I think that uh, we are strongly committed to using these powerful tools that we have to support the economy uh, during this difficult time for as long as needed. And no one should have any doubt about that. So he's saying we're in, but we can do more. But he believes it's just going to work better if Congress can act. Which is a really strong, and I, I talked about this during the last FOMC meeting. This is extraordinary for a, for a Federal Reserve chair to basically go and go not in some comment made to a, a Chamber of Commerce lunch out in, out in Kenosha, right? But he goes to, he's standing at the Federal Reserve, you know. In a press conference, socially distanced press conference, so it's a Zoom press conference, but he's in a press conference. And in that press conference, he says Congress should do more. It's extraordinary. It's just extraordinary. I don't disagree with him, but I, the kind of help you're providing in this case is really not help insofar as, as a stimulus bill. It's simply a way to keep body and soul together for those po- folks, those 15 million people who can't go back to work because of COVID. And operating it through businesses in the form of those PPP loans and a second wave of PPP loans, as we, we discussed even with uh, the SBA administrator, uh, uh, Jovita Carranza, a few weeks ago, I think would be terrific. Um, I think that can work out well. Uh, that might happen, but there's there's a whole lot of politics involved in this, and it's not clear to me when when and where we're going to we're going to uh, uh, be able to do that. So let me go back and we'll play. Let's let's take a break here. We'll come back and reset. Give you the rest of the uh, the Fed's uh, statements that were made during uh, the press conference after the FOMC basically said we're good, everything's working just just as we expected. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. As I reach for a peach, slide a ride down behind a sulfur in Saint-Tropez. If you were lied to in buying a timeshare and worn out, you need my help. Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshare and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today we have 383 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. If you were told in a timeshare presentation that this was available today and today only, that timeshare was a great investment, or your maintenance fees will never go up, call my office now. I guarantee if we take you as a client, 
We will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. I'm on my third child and also on my third vehicle at Denver Grove Hyundai. I'm Christelle from Mendota Heights. Did my research on high-rated vehicle, good value, and that brought me right to Hyundai. So now I'm on my third and also my third child, uh, which brought up the need to upgrade the vehicle again. So now I'm in a Santa Fe. And Hyundai brings a lot of features to the table for not a lot of money. And considering I'm taking my kids in the vehicle, it's also a really highly rated vehicle as far as safety. So Invergrove Hyundai was able to work out just a great deal. The staff and the salespeople really did uh, close the deal for me because everyone has been just a joy to deal with. Every new Hyundai comes with America's best warranty, 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain and Hyundai Assurance. You deserve a great car buying experience, and that's what you'll get at Invergrove Hyundai. Online at InvergroveHyundai.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. While we were away, um, pictures coming in and notices coming in. Five minutes ago, Associated Press posts, Joe Biden defeats President Donald Trump. The AP declares Joe Biden the winner of a grueling campaign for the American presidency. So it's done. And there you go. Um it will make my comments uh, in the last segment probably a little more a little more cogent now because I was doing this on the basis of thinking that he had won, but knowing that I might not have the official announcement, uh, the official call being done uh, by this time. Of course, there'll be recounts and so forth. We'll talk. We'll talk about that in a bit. So let me let me. Uh, I can do this this next segment pretty quickly uh, to talk about what what happened with the the Federal Reserve. Uh, Jerome Powell came out and said, um, said basically, basically that what we saw in the data, which is a little bit contradicted by yesterday's jobs report, that he expected the pace of job growth to slow down. Let's play cut number four from Jay Powell, please. Uh, we have been concerned that uh, the downside risks, um, though, are, are, are prevalent now, which are, which are really the risk of the further spread of the disease and also uh, 
the risk that <clears throat> that um, uh, households will run through the savings they've managed to accumulate on their balance sheet and that, that 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 could weigh on activity. But what we see up to the present really is continued growth, continued expansion, but at, at a gradually moderating pace. So the the numbers uh, this past week, which didn't this week, didn't show that moderation yet. But I, I kind of suspect it will happen. I I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and the the gathered, the uh, the people who have uh, the people the the reporters in the room couldn't wait to get to to well, what did you think about in terms of providing? Um, uh, providing some some additional stimulus. Did you have any conversation about what you might do if we needed to uh, uh, to, to provide more more stimulus? Let's play. This is, I think, cut number one. Please. I would just say that we we understand that there are a number of parameters that we have where we can shift the composition, the duration, uh, you know, the size, the life life cycle of the program. All of those things are are available to us as ways to deliver you know, more accommodation if we think that's appropriate. Right now, we, we like the amount of accommodation the program is, is delivering. And the program is delivering $120 billion of additional purchases of securities, okay, called what, what uh, people have called QE infinity, QE standing for quantitative easing. And that is moving along just just fine and dandy. And and by the way, to Narn fan, you can't buy you can't buy all of that all of that additional those additional assets unless you actually have fractional reserve banking. Right? You can't do one without the other. Because otherwise the assets on the bank's balance sheet uh, on the central bank's balance sheet are a function of the of the uh, deposits that the uh, the deposits that uh, the banks have, and and so you lose control you lose control of the money supply there. Um, I think in a way that might be more more stable because it's no longer at the government's discretion what the money supply is. But that's a much longer conversation. But the Fed has has indicated they're going to continue to do that, and that 120 that's 120 a month. 120 billion a month. They seem to project that they're going to do that. So, you know, continuously. So when they get to the when they get to the end of um, March, they will have added over a trillion dollars to the balance sheet. In the year after. In the year after the start of the COVID recession. That clearly has some implications, although right now they, they've said in the statement, they said using this new average inflation targeting, we want inflation to run somewhat above 2% for a while, so in the long run, how they, they measure that is not made clear, in the long run, we will have inflation at 2%. So they, they, have, they have said that this is in fact what they're going to do. And indeed, when, they, when they're asked... Whether or not they could, whether or not they're going to be able to hit that two percent long run target, how could they think they could get to the two percent number when they when they couldn't couldn't seem to get there before? Um, you know, he says he's in a good place, and then let's play again. Cut. This is cut number three. Uh, Jay Powell 
uh, on uh, this is Jay Powell at the press conference on Thursday. Is monetary policy out of power or out of ammo? And the answer to that would be no. I don't think that. I think, I think that uh, we are strongly committed to using these powerful tools that we have to support the economy uh, during this difficult time for as long as needed. And no one should have any doubt about that. We really mean 2% inflation in the long run. And we really mean that we're going to run it above 2% for a while. Let me go back to the conversation we've had already here on the King Banyan Show. In a supply shock, in a negative supply shock, inflation typically, you know, a negative supply shock, what happens? You should see lower output and higher prices, right? Just think about a supply and demand curve. If the demand curve stays the same and the supply curve moves, yes, I'm drawing graphs with my voice on, on radio. Yes, just get along. Get along with me here a minute. You change that supply and you're reducing the amount of goods and services you can produce because you've had disruption to your production process due to a pandemic. The magic words of the economists are all other things being equal. Or sometimes we use the Latin phrase for that, ceteris paribus. Um, okay. In that language, ceteris paribus, we would say all the things equal, prices should be rising. So when we see that prices haven't risen, what are we to conclude? Not that it isn't a supply shock, but that there's still a demand shock. There's been a decrease in demand. Why would the Fed, why would the Fed think that it could generate inflation by printing more things? Because it's trying to encourage more investment and not investment in assets per se, although that's clearly an impact of what they're doing. It's clear to me that the stock market continues to grow. It had a heck of a week this week. Indeed, let's let me let me play. This is the other. This is the first Steve Forbes cut. Why play that for me, please? We don't have Forbes. It, it limits it limits some of the mischief that can be done, although uh, executive orders, especially in the regulatory <laughs> side, can do damage. You saw it in the uh, energy stocks today, not doing very well because the government can do a lot on its own. But in terms of uh, overall, now it would have been good to have a president who wanted to cut taxes, reduce regulations, rather than a president coming in who, if he had his way, would have increased taxes. But the worst did not happen, and the markets were just so happy that we weren't going to have a depressed economy next year because of these taxes and regulations coming through. Those taxes and regulations, had they come through, would have caused demand to fall and made, and would have made, again, all of the things being equal, would have made the inflation that the Fed wants even harder to attain. Meaning that the Federal Reserve's balance sheet, which is on this $120 billion a month ad, assuming, and I'm going to assume that, that any asset, any treasury assets that they hold or agency securities that they hold as they mature are being replaced on top of the $120 billion. That that trajectory would, would extend even longer. That is less likely to happen. 
in this world. And that's actually a good thing from an inflationary standpoint. That's a good thing from an inflationary standpoint because there's going to be few. It means that, in essence, there's going to be fewer. There's going to be fewer uh, um, treasury bonds and agency bonds that are being put out there that the Fed will be compelled to buy in order to keep interest rates at the at the target level. It's actually and because they won't do that, they won't expand the money supply so badly, and therefore. And therefore, while inflation may may pick up, it won't pick up by as it won't pick up quite as fast, but it'll pick up somewhat. It is hard for me to understand why Jay Powell continues to talk about trying to get the the Congress to pass more stimulus. Again, I'll, we'll play it one more time. Cut number two, please. I just would say that I think we'll have a stronger recovery. If we can just get at least some more fiscal support when it's appropriate, you know, when it's appropriate and the size Congress thinks it's appropriate, um, I do think that that will likely. The when it's appropriate stuff is, is you know, so almost like a tell. He thinks it's appropriate now. He thinks it was appropriate last month. Right? He wants that out there now. But when they sell more of those bonds into the marketplace to finance an additional stimulus, right? The, I mean, the, the Treasury has said in the last week, and I tweeted this to you at Pound KBRS, the Treasury has said, has reduced the number of additional bonds they expect to produce to sell in 2020 by $600 billion. That's a pretty big drop in the supply of Treasuries. That's going to help push interest rates down. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to print those $600 billion in bonds. It just means that they now foresee that all that spending that they thought they were going to do this calendar year is more likely going to happen in the next calendar year. And I think it's going to go out even further. So I actually think the supply of bonds into the market is going to actually be less than, less than even Treasury expects because I, I don't expect there to be any kind of stimulus bill in the next in the next. Uh, in the next quarter, uh, and that they're they're going to wait until uh, till uh, President-elect Biden is is inaugurated, and they're going to make a deal with him. They'll then have clarity on who's in the Senate. They'll have clarity on what kind of majority that it appears Speaker Pelosi will have. Again, not one hundred percent sure. Um, and when all that is in place. Uh, then you're going to get a bill. But in the meantime, you've got 15 million people that we just read about who are unable to work because their business was either closed or, or reduced their hours due to the pandemic. That's 15, that's 15 million out of 262 million people. It's not a small number. We'll be back right after this. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. The Business VIP Club and New American Funding want to pay your mortgage next year. This is Tom Atiney from New American Funding, and I'm excited to be the sponsor of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest. If you win, we'll pay your mortgage or rent for all of next year. 
That's extra money to take a family vacation, put in a pool, or help a friend in need. Enter once a day from now through December 20th at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle from the Business VIP Club and me, Tom Matiney, at New American Funding. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something. Good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800 218 9520. 800 218 9520. 800 218 9520. That's 800 218 9520. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across Daily headlines, investing guidance, and insightful financial discussion are just a tap away with our free mobile app. Simply search for Business 1440 in the App Store, and in seconds, you'll be connected with the brightest minds in business and investing. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. So here's just one more example. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. One more example of the change that's happening and, and, and sort of this question of to stimulus or not to stimulus. That is the question. I just tweeted at you, came, uh, uh, Bill McBride, who blogs at uh, Calculated Risk Blog, calculatedriskblog.com, a great, great website. Um, Provides a lot of data. Um, yeah, his political leanings are probably not my political leanings. I don't care. I just, I've just come for your numbers, sir. Uh, from hotelnewsnow.com uh, with the, uh, with the uh, report on hotels versus the same week in 2019, the last week of October, 25th to the 31st of October. Occupancy rate down 29%, down to 44.4%. Less than half of the half of the rooms in the hotel are occupied. 
revenue per available room, which is the way you probably are going to measure um, measure the uh, actual ROI on a hotel. Down 48.4%. Uh, with rising COVID-19 case numbers, less leisure travel, the U.S. saw a second consecutive week with fewer hotel guests. Room demand fell 1.3 million from from the prior week. So if I look at the if I look at the num the year over year changes, those numbers are remarkably stable. Back in September 19th, September 19th, the year over year change in the occupancy rate was 31.9%. Now we're down to 29%. Um, there's a little improvement in the last seven, but um, uh, but not not too bad there um we expect occupancy rates always fall as you head into in into the end of the year anyway you don't people don't people travel more in the summer less in the winter we are we are looking at you know these numbers continuing to fall the occupancy rate continuing to fall but it's still well down below where it was by the time you get to the end of the year a 50 percent on occupancy rate is kind of normal but you certainly you, you certainly don't uh, expect it in you know you don't expect that number in uh, August, which is what you had back then. So um, that's the nature of the supply shock. So a few last comments. So in the last half hour, in case you've been been doing something else and hanging hanging out, uh, the AP and CNN both both announced that uh, that. In, by their determination, there was now enough evidence in place to declare Joe Biden uh, the next president of the United States, that he had won the election. There will be recounts, I can promise you, because some of these margins are way too close, and these recounts should happen. I will take this moment to remind folks of my own history. When I ran for uh, the state house back in twenty. In, in 2010, my the I initially went to bed thinking I had won by 27 votes. When I woke up in the morning, there was a text message that said, "Check the Secretary of State side; your lead's down to 10." So I, you know, like most of you, I kind of freaked out. Uh, you know, I kind of freaked out. It's like, what's going on? What happened there? There are professionals that work in these these offices, uh, the auditors. They're they elected positions. They're nonpartisan elections uh, at the county level. And because I happen to happened to have represented a district that uh, that overlays three counties, uh, I had to deal with three different auditors, county auditors, not just one. And I was impressed by the professionalism of all three of them. There's a canvassing process that happens now, and as I mentioned to um, mentioned to Don, uh, research department of the King Banyan Show, who mentioned to me this what looks like there was a machine error made up in Michigan uh, in tabulating ballots. The next thing that happens is the canvas. They're going to basically randomly sample certain precincts and double check the count by recounting every one of those in a particular in a particular precinct. That's normal. It usually happens either on the first weekend or the following week after the election. That's probably going to happen over the next three to five days. Okay, I attended all three of my canvassings and watched the results. You know what? 
that 3000 error strikes me as being kind of unusual but on the other hand that's what the that's what the canvassing process does and it, it works that way every time and i think it works well and then there are recounts and the recounts are you know i think will be will happen in some places and there'll be stories about them for the next month as i mentioned my recount i started with a margin of 10 votes my race had approximately 12,000 votes in it. 12,000 votes. Total number of ballots that we had in dispute after hand counting every single one of those ballots? Four. Four. People should be aware, and I want to make sure you're aware, that these recounts, and my experience with them, is that these recounts change precious few votes. Maybe can change in a large race, even maybe a, maybe a few hundred. Okay. But it's unlikely to change much more. And I only offer you that insight from my own personal experience to say, that's how I condition my own attitude toward watching the recounts. And as I see see the news come out, you know, these machines and these counters get them right because it's in everyone's interest to get them right, to give people confidence in the, that the result we got is the right result. And it will and it will continue and it will continue uh, through that process. We'll keep an eye on it. Thank you for listening, Wyatt. Thank you for your work down there. We'll be back next week with another episode of The King Banyan Show here on Business 1440. Turn market volatility into opportunity today by investing with the big institutions, not against them. Many people are getting taken advantage of by Wall Street. Learn why their returns are so much better than the average novice 401k investor. Learn the skills to be a better steward of your own money. Call for a free in-center or virtual investing class today at 952-814-4410. Call Online Trading Academy at 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex Staff Keeley. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. 
Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. In a lawsuit, a little extra liability protection can go a long way. Call Pamela McCarthy, agent at the Pam McCarthy Agency, Inc. A personal liability umbrella policy from American Family Insurance offers a million dollars or more of coverage over and above the limits of your auto and home policies. And it's affordable. For details, contact Pamela McCarthy, agent at the Pam McCarthy Agency, Inc. Call 651-460-3333. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Park. 